Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Sunday, June the 25th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 18 and 19, and 22 to 24. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 and 19, and verses 22 through 24. Recently, I had been having a conversation with this uh, couple uh, who have uh, two children. Uh, One is uh, 14 and the other is 10 going on 11, who thinks she's going on uh, 21. And uh, these parents, uh, being good parents, have assigned uh, chores, various responsibilities and work to their children, one of which is the taking out of the garbage and putting them outside, putting the cans outside so that they can be picked up and also taking them in. And uh, they have a week at a time at that. Others have various other kinds of duties and activities. And they were telling me that uh, it's increasingly difficult for the boy and the girl uh, to, at times, take the responsibility of the other. The other may have something more pressing to do, either with school uh, or some other activity that they're engaged in, or the other one is sick, not feeling well, or is even injured, maybe playing sports or some kind of activity, and it is incapacitated them momentarily, in which the other has to uh, take up the slack, so to speak. And increasingly, they notice that the one who has to do extra says, well, it's not fair. It's not right. Why do I have to do this? Uh, And they try to explain in terms of, well, your sister or your brother is uh, involved in schoolwork for a big test or is away for a time on some activity that takes them away from home at that time, Uh, or they're sick, or they have an arm injury or a foot injury or something, and they're not able to do the particular work function. And... They tend to walk around pouting and sulking, the one who has to do the extra work, etc. And uh, they're trying to uh, explain to them the importance of chipping in and helping one another during these particular times. And it all kind of evens out in the end. But what's going on there, of course, is is that the, uh, the siblings or dealing with one another in terms of a contractual obligation. We're all familiar with contracts. We have lawyers who are awash in contracts, and so are we. Uh, If you want one of these uh, god-awful cell phones, usually you have to sign a contract that you keep the phone for a year or two or whatever it is. And some of them are trying to get around that by saying, yo, you can get the phone with no contract. That seems attractive. 
Others are ignoring that and saying, no, you have a contractual obligation and people pick and choose what they want. We look upon marriage as a contract, a list of do's and don'ts, a list of obligations. And if they're not fulfilled, uh, severely broken, uh, we say, well, you broke the contract. Hence, it's grounds for divorce, grounds for a separation, etc. So much of our life today is grounded in contractual relationships, also transactional relationships, quid pro quo. I do this and you do that. If you don't deliver what you promised, then I don't have to meet my obligation. I'm free. I'm excused from my obligation because you broke yours. That kind of thing. The danger with that is, is that, well, there's many, but one is that we become minimalist. We do only the letter of the law, the letter of the contract. No more, no less. If I'm required to work from nine to five, I punch in at nine and right at five o'clock, that card gets punched or the typewriter stops, the phones are turned off and off I go. I don't stay a minute past five. I don't come in a minute before nine o'clock. And that kind of minimalism in the workplace, spills over into other things in our life, doesn't it? We become minimalist in our relationships within a family. Well, I, husband and wife, may say to each other, we've been faithful to each other. That is, we haven't broken the, mar uh, the marriage contract. I haven't had relations with another woman or with another man and therefore I've been faithful. And yet over the years, they may have grown very far apart. They live together in the same address, but the house is not a home. It's simply a place of a shared address. Friends can do that over time. I ask you a favor, you respond by paying the favor. And um, it's, a, it's a kind of godfather approach. I do this favor for you, and I expect, and you better deliver, the time comes that I expect a favor from you. And if you say no, you'll never receive another favor from me. And so we live in a contractual world of minimalism. We only do what is required. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. That robs us of the heroic, of the sacrificial, of the extending ourselves beyond ourselves. If that's all we do is, you give me a present, I give you a present. You're nice, I'm nice. You're bitter and angry, so am I. And it's that kind of one-for-one, one, tit-for-tat, letter of the law, that doesn't allow us to expand ourselves, to grow in deeper dimensions of love 
and what it means to be a human being, and certainly in the Christian life, to follow Christ. I'm in the church on Sunday morning, every Sunday. I put my little money in the basket. I go to communion. I try to pay attention as much as I can. I stay to the end of Mass. I leave, and I go off and live my life. Well, I was in the church. I gave my money. I went to communion. I listened. Uh, I stayed to the end, and so on. We fulfilled the contract. Well, the Christian life is not about fulfilling a contract. It's about being blessed by God's grace and called into the new covenant, the new covenant in Jesus Christ. God could have dealt with us in a minimal way. God could have just said, okay, you all messed up. It's fine. Okay, your sins are forgiven, but don't let it happen again. And that's it. God could have fixed it. But God didn't do that. God sent his own son, born of a woman, born under the law. As the Galatians says, Paul's letter to the Galatians. God entered into our human condition, our human nature, entered into the very core of our being. God became human in the person of Jesus the Christ. The word became flesh. God's love was all in, total involvement with us. And God stands at the center of history. All history has meaning because of Christ and the incarnation. Jesus' public ministry was a ministry of total and completely lovingly, obediently to the will of the Father, strengthened in the Holy Spirit. Jesus could have died on the cross, rose, and left. But no, I do not leave you orphans, but I send you, sent, sent the paraclete, the indwelling Holy Spirit, the gift of the church. And we as Christians are called to be totally in, in our discipleship. The letter to the Hebrews uh, says, uh, you know, you have been drawn to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to marriages of angels and festival gathering, the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just people made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, a new covenant. We are a covenanted people. We don't do the minimum. We extend ourselves, the gift of ourselves. We follow the grace of self-donation. We find that our relationship with God and our relationship with others is enriched to the extent that we live by the new covenant in Jesus Christ, 
who gave totally and completely for our salvation. He held nothing back. He became flesh. He died a real death. He, there was a bodily resurrection. But he didn't just do it as an example to show what God could do. The death and resurrection of Christ is for us, extended to us, the real passion, the real suffering of Almighty God in Christ, in the person of Jesus on the cross, shows the depth of God's love for us. And so we are invited through the great gift of faith and our call through the indwelling Holy Spirit, the abiding presence of God, to follow Jesus in the gift of ourself each day. We must be all in. That's the cost of discipleship. It's also the glory. For God is never outdone in generosity. And the measure that we give is the measure that is given to us a hundredfold, overflowing into the hem of our garment, into the very essence of our being. So let us today not just be a minimalist people, a kind of arguing over who's going to take out the garbage, and that this isn't fair, I'm asked to do more. Let us be grateful that we have been asked to extend ourselves, for that brings us closer to Christ. Not grumbling and complaining, but rejoicing that through God's grace, we have been asked to grow closer to Christ this day. Let us be those faithful disciples of the new covenant. Let us be all in, because God is all in for us until life eternal. God bless you.